Well, today um, I want to talk some more about favor um, to us, and it may seem like a, kind of a, I don't know, a basic Christian 101 message, but um, I think we lose sight a lot of times of what we have in God. I, I think we get entitled and I think we get um, bored and we forget that we have been given um, something, many somethings that are so amazing that we really don't, um, we don't have a right to get sideways for very long. I know life happens and I know hurts hit us and I know bad things really do happen to people, but we've been given so much, and today I'm going to remind us of some of those things that we've been given, and the response on our part when we hear and see these things is worship, and I know you're like, well, we just did an hour, my gosh, how much more? <laughs> I don't know. Ask the angels in heaven. says in the book of Revelation, they cry out, holy, 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 and it never stops day or night. So they're not bored. They're seeing something we apparently haven't seen yet. You know, last week I shared about the life of Joseph, and um, we saw through his life that the favor of God was on his life. We saw that he grew with in that favor with God, he grew in that favor with people. And that's what we've been on this long series of, of growing in favor with God and people. And Eric's been sharing a lot of good stuff. And, but last week I went through Joseph's life. And um, if you remember, I used a resource from Tony, Tony Stolfus to kind of help us identify and understand uh, the various stages of Joseph's life and what favor looked like in each one of those stages. And so the application for last week was for you to go home and ask the Lord, where, where God is this favor showing up in my life? Where am I, God, in my journey? Am I at the stage of natural promotion? Am I at the, the place of, of the valley of dependence? Am I in the valley of preparation? Am I in the season of preparation? The valley of wholeness? Valley of identity. So many places God takes us throughout our life to get us to look more like Jesus and to fulfill the plan that God has for us. And so that was our assignment to ask the Lord, where are we in our own journeys? And so I, I hope that you were able to take that to the Lord and get an understanding, come to a conclusion about your own journey so that you can, it will help you understand and see where grace is showing up right now. And today I'm going to help you see where grace is showing up even again in ways that are happening for every one of us. I want to spend some extra time today talking about the favor of God. And I want to talk about the favor of God that comes to us free of charge. Everyone say free. free. We love free in America. 
How do I get more of something for nothing? And I shared last week that when we say yes to Jesus, that we get this amazing download of grace and favor, and it's thrust upon our lives. It's called unmerited favor. Unmerited favor. It is this unmerited favor that gives us access to salvation. It gives us access to healing in our bodies. It gives us access to supernatural gifts and covenant blessings. You and I, we are so loaded down with so much unmerited favor that it's running over in our lives, and yet we hardly notice it. So many times we forget how precious this gift of favor has been in our lives. We so easily lose our gratitude the gratitude, you're, you know, I talked about that gratitude that we had when we first get saved. That, that, that place where, you know, this, I, I get this thing for free, eternity? Yeah, Jesus paid it all. Unmerited is a word that simply means undeserved and unearned. You didn't deserve this. You didn't work for it. It's simply a gift. And we see this word in Luke 2. When we see that word favor there and where it says, you know, Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God man. When we see that word favor, it is this Greek word, haris. And haris is also translated in the Bible as grace. So many times when we see the word grace, we can see, we can replace that with unmerited favor. Unmerited favor or grace is in stark opposition to the world system. The world system is built upon a thing called meritocracy. Meritocracy simply means a system in which advancement is based on individual ability or achievement. And so, the world system does not mesh with God's unmerited favor and grace. And while we don't earn favor or grace based on our own merit, we can, as we've been learning, grow in it. We can multiply it. You know, that's what Peter prayed for us, that the grace of God be multiplied to us. Peter 1, 2, he says, may grace, God's favor, everyone say God's favor. May grace, God's favor, and peace, which is perfect well-being, all necessary good, all spiritual prosperity, and freedom from fears and agitating passions and moral conflicts. That's what peace means. May it what? Be multiplied to you. Be multiplied to you. 
in the full, the personal, the precise and correct knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Multiplied. This thing, unmerited favor, this thing, grace, is supposed to be multiplying in our lives. We should be growing in it. We should be experiencing grace upon grace upon grace. Year after year. That's what unmerited favor is supposed to be doing. Unmerited favor. It has been poured out on us. Say, soak me, Lord. In unmerited favor. So today, I want to remind us how much favor and grace is actually on our lives. And I want to begin with salvation. The single greatest act of unmerited favor that we have received in our life is personal salvation. See, I say amen. Amen. If you've been a Christian for a long time, I realize that it can be very easy to forget what an amazing gift this is. So to help us remember, I want you to, to remember, I want you to close your eyes for a second. And I want you to think back to the time in your life before you had salvation. I want you to remember the sin that you were drowning in. I want you to remember how you lived, how you thought. Do you remember the pain and the despair and the hopelessness? Maybe the sexual perversion that you participated in. Do you remember the hatred that consumed you? The abuse that you caused? I want you to imagine what your soul must have looked like at that time in your life. Can you see the pus-filled sores that were on your soul at that time? Do you smell the decaying death? Do you see the cancer of sin eating holes through your very being? Do you see the blackness that you were consumed in? You know, maybe you were saved at an early age and you're having a hard time seeing your sinfulness. Maybe you think that you're mostly a good person and don't really have any sin. Do you remember the Ten Commandments? Have you ever told a lie? Probably more than one. What do we call someone who tells lies? They're a liar. That breaks the ninth commandment. Have you ever been disrespectful or ungrateful to your parents? Well, that breaks the fifth commandment. Have you ever taken something that wasn't yours? What do you call a person who steals things? A thief. Well, that breaks the commandment eight. Have you ever used God's name as a cuss word 
or just flippantly used it as an expression. It's blasphemy. It's very serious. That breaks commandment number three. Have you ever looked at another person with lust? Jesus said, if you even look at another person with lust in your heart, you've committed adultery. That breaks commandment number seven. If we were to just use the Ten Commandments as our judge, every one of us would be lying, thieving, blasphemous adulterers. That's the condition of our soul without Jesus. Well, Tom, I'm a pretty good guy. I do a lot of good things. I help, you know. I donate time. I God likes me because I'm pretty good. I do a lot of good. Not according to Isaiah. Chapter 64, verse 6, it says, For we have all, say, for we all, we have all become like one who is unclean, ceremonially like a leper. And all our righteousness, our best deeds of rightness and justice, is like filthy rags or a polluted garment. And we all fade like a leaf in our iniquities, like the wind, take us away. Far from God's favor, hurrying us towards destruction. You know, there's a, there's a reason why Jesus heals so many lepers in the Gospels. And if you don't know, leprosy is an infection that can lead to damage of the nerves, the respiratory tract, the skin, the eyes. This nerve damage may result even in a lack in a, of ability to feel pain, which is, causes people with leprosy to end up losing parts of their body, fingers, toes, their nose, just because they repeatedly injure it or it gets infected, and they don't even notice because they don't feel the pain of it anymore. Someone with leprosy may experience weakness, muscle weakness, even poor eyesight. In Bible times, it was considered, considered a very infectious disease, and most lepers were forced to live in a leper colony. It was truly one of the most feared diseases kind of like the hysteria with COVID right now. That's how they felt about leprosy. Don't touch them. You don't go near them. They're not allowed around us. I want to give you just a picture of what leprosy looks like. I'm going to show you some pictures. If you're squeamish, go ahead and close your eyes. But I do want you to see what Jesus encountered lost most of their fingers. Mm -hmm. 
Isaiah says that we are all like lepers in our soul. Our sin is like leprosy in our soul. And before Jesus, we were diseased. Jesus, in the Gospels, touched these people when no one else would touch them. Jesus healed people who were incurable. Jesus healing this picture of Jesus in the Gospels healing lepers is is what great love and favor looks like when it's coming to us. Jesus pours out this kind of favor. He touched us when no one else would. He helped us when no one else could. And this free, good, this free gift of grace, it is exponentially greater than any sin that you and I have ever committed. It says in Romans 5.20, So then, the law was introduced into God's plan to bring the reality of human sinfulness out of hiding. And yet, where sin increased, there was more than enough, say more than enough, There was more than enough of God's grace to triumph over it all the more. Someone say amen. Amen. No matter how much we sin, no matter how much sin we committed, God's unmerited favor and grace always, 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 always overwhelms it. We are overcome with the favor of God because of his unmerited favor, because of his grace. Your soul, my soul, it looked like a diseased leper. And Jesus came and he cleansed it and he made it brand new. Now you and I, we have a clean slate now. Every morning you wake up. Every morning mercy is waiting by your bed, waiting to overtake you. It's a new day for God. He's like, let's try again. We got this, man. Forget yesterday. It was a bomb. Let's start over, bro. You're my favorite guy. I'm not quitting on you yet. Every morning we wake up, God's mercy is there waiting to overtake us. You know, we get so depressed and hopeless because we can't see beyond the next few days the next month, the next year. We lose perspective that the unmerited favor of God in salvation has set us up for the next billion years. And I realize it's, I can't comprehend a billion years of paradise. Well, can you comprehend a billion years of hellish torture and damnation? (laughs) Let's think about the million, billion years paradise you've been set up for. You're worried about how 2020 is going to end? <laughs> this is like a comma in the sentence of your life.
None of us could live up to God's holy standards. None of us. But thanks be to God for Jesus. Because of him, we have undeserved favor, undeserved grace. And Jesus has secured our future, say it forever. Say it forever. 2 Corinthians 6, verse 1. Now, since we are God's co-workers, we beg you not to take God's marvelous grace for granted, allowing it to have no effect on your lives. For he says, I listened to you at the time of my favor. And the day when you needed salvation, I came to your aid. So can't you see? Now is the time to respond to his favor. Now is the day of salvation. You are being saved right now. You're being saved every minute after minute after minute. Amen. And not only do we have God's favor as Christians, but even before we became a Christian, we got a measure of favor from God. And we hate God, and we, we didn't care. That invitation that came to you that day to get saved, that came from the Father to someone very undeserving. Me. You. John 6, it says it. It says, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent, him, sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. Before we even come to God and say yes to Jesus, God said, here's some favor. Our salvation is unmerited favor and grace that is always more than enough to overcome all our sin. That is overflowing grace in our lives. That's what it looks like. And this unmerited favor, it doesn't even just stop at salvation. It's just the beginning it flows over now into healing of our body. It flows into healing in our mind and in our soul. You know, in the, in the, in the New Testament, there's, there's a Greek word. It's called sozo. And it means simply to make well in body, mind, and soul. And we see that word sozo show up in a lot of scriptures. Shows up in Matthew 9, 21 through 22, Mark 6, 56, Mark 10, 52, Luke 17, 19, Acts 4, 9. And in all those places, it's used for healing in the physical body. Then we see it even in Luke 8, uh, 36, that it's used to mean healing the soul through deliverance of a demon. It shows up 107 times in the New Testament. And this healing for our bodies, this healing that we get for our mind, for our soul, it is all a part of our unmerited favor. Psalm 103 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity and who heals all, say all, your diseases. Except COVID, right? We finally found one that beats him. 
know all our diseases, known and someday yet to be known. We have been given so many benefits as a result of the covenant God has made with us through Jesus. Benefits like I just spoke of when it comes to God forgiving all our iniquity and all, and, and then the, the benefits of, of healing. Scripture exhorts us not to forget any of those benefits. Don't forget anything that comes to you as a born-again child of God. And yet, too many times, we have forgotten. We have forgotten the promises of God for deliverance, protection, safety, provision, and healing, all of which are an important part of the covenant that we entered into when we received Christ as Savior. You know, there's a reason why so many of God's people have forgotten that, that we have unmerited favor in our covenant of healing. And it's because so many of us place so much more value upon our experiences than what we do in God's word. We all know someone that needed healing. And the prayers that were offered went up, hands were placed on them, anointed with oil, and they didn't recover. Our beloved Kristen. That's an experience. And I know in our attempt to make sense of things we sometimes people assume that must have not have been God's will just just wasn't God's will for them to be healed and that's why the Lord didn't do it my experience is, is informing me and telling me how to think and believe that's what we're saying despite all of the evidence that's in scripture that we have a covenant healing guarantee by the Lord in his word. Even though we've got scriptures that clearly say God heals all our diseases. We go, nope, my experience is this. That's really loud and powerful. The failures that we've all experienced in this not getting healing and not seeing restoration, that's what we choose to believe. But your Bible says no. No, we have a covenant. And we've got to believe what God has promised. We can't base what we believe on our circumstances. We have a covenant of sozo. A covenant of healing that comes from your, again, unmerited favor of God. Amen. Healing is supernatural. It comes from Him. We can't create it. We can't bottle it. <laughs> I wish I could bottle it. We can't construct a formula around it. 
It only comes as a gift from Jesus to us because of the price that he paid. Isaiah 53 tells us that he was pierced for our transgression. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. Not only is our eternal future secure through unmerited favor, our healing is secured as well. Jesus was the one who earned it. He earned our healing for us. We didn't do anything to deserve it or to earn this healing. In fact, Peter repeats this whole covenant in 1 Peter 2, 24. He says it again. He says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you what? Have been healed. This is now a future thing that all happened before you even knew it. Jesus himself makes a promise. In Mark 16, 18, he says, They will pick up serpents with their hands, and if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick, and they will recover if they figure out the formula. No. No, it's just a fact. It's just a fact. You lay hands, people get healed. It's even one of the names of God. Exodus fifteen twenty six says, If you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God and do that which is right in his eyes and give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord your healer. Now, that word, those words, Lord your healer, is translated as Jehovah Rapha. It's literally his name, the Lord who heals. Amen. See, if I told you I was the ice cream man, what would you expect to get from me? Mm-hmm. If I told you I was a dentist, what would you expect to get me? Oral health care. Pain. Oh, I can just be me and you can get pain from me for that. I don't have to have a degree. If God tells us, I'm Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals you, what should we expect to get from him? Healing. What? Healing. What? Healing. Healing is part of the overflowing, unmerited favor of God. We don't work for it. And we certainly don't deserve it. We only receive it. It is one of the many perks in our covenant package. Healing is not only something we receive from unmerited favor. It's also a supernatural gift that we get. Comes free of charge again. In fact, God gives out lots of gifts, supernatural ones. Why? Just because he loves you. You know, we read in last week, it says in Romans eleven twenty nine 29, says the gifts and calling of God are irrevocable. He just gives them. He doesn't take them back. And then when you go down further in Romans 12, verse 3, uh, we read that God has given different people different grace gifts. 
For, the, for by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to, but to think with, a, with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another." Having, different, having gifts that differ according to the grace given us, let us use them. Say, I need to use my gift. If it's prophecy, in proportion to our faith. If service, in our serving. The one who teaches, in his teaching. The one who exhorts, in his exhortation. The one who contributes, in generosity. The one who leads with zeal. The one who does acts of mercy, do it with cheerfulness. Peter says the same thing about the unmerited favor of God shows us through his grace gifts. In 4.10, it says, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves is one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Everybody can say amen. amen. We have in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 another list of gifts. Free of charge, supernatural gifts that the Holy Spirit gives us. Gifts like word of knowledge, word of wisdom, prophecy, healing, faith, working miracles, discerning spirits, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. And then we've got the fivefold ministry gifts that we have in Ephesians 4.11. The apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher. God has given so many gifts to the body of Christ, it's like Christmas every day. And what did you do to deserve it? Nothing. How did you earn that? You didn't. God is a good father who loves to give his children good gifts. It's like choking my spit. I'm so excited. I'm just spitless. <laughs> That's unmerited favor, people. Right there. Now, everyone, everyone doesn't possess all the gifts. The Holy Spirit decides how gifts get dispersed, but everyone has a gift. Every one of us. No one in this family of God gets left out. Everyone gets to play. We all get to be a part of growing and advancing the kingdom of God. Think about what a privilege that is to be used of God in his gifts. If you're into sci-fi movies, and I am, you'll notice how some movies... You know, part of the story, they talk about how, you know, the computers that we have and the technology that we have um, that's helped advance the human race, that it came from aliens. You know, in the movie, usually somehow the government, you know, got a hold of a crashed alien ship and, and they reverse engineered the tech and 
to give us, you know, some of the modern advances that we have. Now, of course, that's just, you know, science fiction. But there is a real desire in a lot of the science community that one day we would find aliens. Get a hold of their tech to help us, you know, achieve warp drive. Cure modern diseases. Well, those other worldly gifts have already been given to us. The body of Christ. The gifts that have been given to the human race by God are not of this world. They're not even from another planet. The gifts that we've been given to heal and help the human race, they are from another dimension. They are from a realm that cannot be seen or heard or felt unless you're connected to it on purpose. The gifts of God are truly alien tech. They are alien tech in this world, meaning they are not from this world any longer. I mean, even Peter says we're aliens, so here you go. 2.11 says, Beloved, I implore you as what? Aliens. I implore you as aliens and strangers and exiles in this world to abstain from the sensual urges, the evil desires, the passions of the flesh, your lower nature, that wage war against the soul. We've been given heavenly tech to help lift humanity out of its sin, out of its corruption. We have extraordinary favor pouring onto us and flowing out of us to anyone who we choose to give it to. And you know, not only do we have uh, alien gifts, supernatural gifts, we have some alien tech weaponry. Blasters and lightsabers. Heavenly weapons of warfare. 2 Corinthians 10, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. And we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and we make it obedient to Christ. That's the battle. That's the war. Supernatural gifts, supernatural weapons, they are all a part of the unmerited favor and grace of Jesus. And we did nothing to earn it. We did nothing to deserve it. They simply came to us as generous gifts from a loving Father. Now, <clears throat> there is one thing that is required of us. All the unmerited favor and grace that comes through salvation, comes through healing, comes through supernatural gifts, supernatural weaponry, and lots of other things that I've not even scratched the surface on. It all has one requirement to unlock it, to activate it. 
It's faith. Faith in Jesus. It is the one and only key that can unlock the entire treasure chest of God's extraordinary favor on our lives. Faith in Jesus is the only way we can apply all of God's many blessings in our life. Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace, everyone say unmerited favor. For by grace, unmerited favor, you have been saved through what? Faith. Faith. This is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Your salvation is unlocked only by faith. You have to believe. Your healing The free gift of healing is unlocked by faith in Jesus. You know, in Mark chapter 5, we we read a story of a woman who had suffered, a woman who suffered from a disease, probably menorrhagia or abnormal uterine bleeding for 12 years. And she knew, she knew that if she could just get close enough to Jesus, just touch his robe, that she would be healed. And so in verse 29, she walks up, she gets just a tassel, she gets healed, and Jesus feels power go out of him. And he says, who touched me? (laughs) I don't know, any one of the 50 people that are pressing up to you right now? No, this was a different kind. And so the woman comes forward, She's afraid, but she admits it. She admits what she did, and Jesus says this to her in verse 34. He said to her, daughter, your what? Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. Just say faith unlocks my treasure chest. Even the healing that goes on in our souls that comes through deliverance, it's only available through faith. Right? Remember what we read in Mark 16? These signs will accompany those who what? There's the key. Those who believe in my name, they will cast out demons and they will speak in new tongues. takes faith faith is required to unlock our supernatural gifts all of the cool stuff the christmas morning that's waiting for all of us because we already read in romans 12 that we all have different gifts right we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us if your gift is prophesying then prophesy in accordance with what your faith See, to to function in these gifts that we've been given, the gifts in Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, to get access to any of that stuff, we have to have faith. Our other dimensional weaponry that we've been given, it's activated by faith. 1 Timothy 1.18 says, this is Paul, he's writing this letter to his spiritual son, Timothy. 
And he says, Timothy, my son, I'm entrusting you with this responsibility in keeping with the very first prophecies that were spoken over your life and are now in the process of fulfillment in this great work of ministry in keeping with the prophecies spoken over you. With this encouragement, use your prophecies as what? As weapons as you wage what kind of warfare? Spiritual warfare by how? By faith and with a clean conscience. For there are many who reject these virtues and are now destitute of the true faith. To unlock all of the abundant blessing in our lives, it requires faith. We just have to believe in Christ. We have to believe the word of God. And I think if we're all honest, our faith is kind of low. We're a little demoralized. We're sick of the situation that we're in in America. And we've kind of quit believing. So allow me to finish my message by giving you a picture of how faith can work in our message, or work in our lives. Sorry. Life is like a river. It's always flowing. It's always moving. I'm going to have to ask everyone in the front row to stop talking. My ADD is getting the best of me. (laughs) We're almost done. It's almost over. Life is like a river. It's flowing. It's moving. And when we step in the river of life, depending on the direction we are facing, the water is either moving away from us or it's moving towards us. Now I realize we could be standing sideways in the river and it's just going past us. Thank you, smart aleck people. But I consider that a lukewarm stance. (laughs) And we all know what happens when you're neither hot nor cold, right? You're puke. So, basically the river is either uh, coming to us or it's moving away from us. And for many people, they live watching their life slip away from them. We watch our money, our health, our future, Our covenant blessings, they all seem to be traveling away from us. But I believe our perspective could change, could completely change, if we simply adjust the direction we are looking with one simple turn. That turn... Is our activated faith. Amen. See, if I focus downriver after losing my job or my business, I see my finances floating away. But if I, by faith, I turn and I look upstream, upstream to Jesus. 
who is the fountain and the source of the river of life, I see the favor of God coming to me for a new job. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, I, it's up there. Just stand your ground, Tom. Here it comes. I see the favor of God uh, teaching me how to learn and depend on God instead of myself. That's a lesson we don't like, but it's a lesson we need. If my marriage falls apart and it ends in divorce and I focus downriver, I only see my dreams float away. My marriage, the life that I had hoped for and was hoping to build. Or if by faith I turn and I look to Jesus, the source of life, I see the favor of God coming to me in the area of healing and wholeness. If my reputation has gone down the tubes and I only look downriver, I'm hopeless as I watch my credibility float away. But if I turn by faith, and I look up river to Jesus, I see the favor of God coming to me by growing humility and accountability in my life that will one day grow my favor with people again. Most of us Christians are depressed because we only look downriver. At what's been lost, instead of looking upriver to Jesus and to see the favor of God coming to us. Because remember, favor is not always promotion, it's not always upward movement. Sometimes favor is going through the valley of dependence, the valley of wholeness, the valley of identity. Getting things we didn't ask for, but getting things we definitely need. Now, we can be depressed by looking at our circumstances and the experiences of others, or we can look to Jesus. We can go to the Word of God and see truth. We can activate our faith. Our faith. We can look at Jesus. We can look at the word of God. And by faith, by faith, it's coming. The favor of God is coming by faith. Overwhelming us, overflowing. If we spent more time worshiping God for the overflowing favor of God on our lives that comes through salvation, that comes from healing, that comes from gifts and, and, and weaponry and all of the good stuff, we would not be uh, spending so much time in the pit of despair. Anxiety, fear, depression, shame, it would not have the power and the authority that it's had in our lives. If we only believed what the word of God says about Jesus. If we would believe the word of God and what Jesus says and what he came to give us. 
That, that Jesus has made us overcomers. He made us overcomers. We just believe. We look upriver instead of down. Say, I'm an overcomer. And by faith, I'm looking upriver to Jesus Christ and the Word of God. So here's our action plan for this week. If you would take a picture, write it down. Again, ask yourself, where has the favor of God been showing up in your life if you haven't yet done that? Where has faith been lacking in your life? That's a really big, hard question that I have to ask myself and I hope everyone in this room will do. And then how does God want you to Turn by faith in this season of your life. How will you be different after you hear, heard today's message? And what are you going to commit to do as a result of this message today? You know, Paul prayed in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18, a prayer. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance and his holy people, and his incomparably great power for, for us who believe. Say believe. believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. God placed all things, say all things, under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Paul prayed this, this prayer because he knew that the, these divine gifts they come, that, that come from unmerited favor, he knew that they could only be spiritually discerned. So many Christians live as though they have nothing. And they are blinded to the extraordinary favor that they walk in. So I want to lead us in a prayer to open our eyes to what God has given us. Do you want your eyes open? Do you want to see what Paul said? All right, I just want you to close your eyes and just repeat this prayer after me. Father God, I pray that you open my spiritual eyes so that I can see. Open my eyes so that I may see the hope that you have called me to. Open my eyes so that I can see my glorious inheritance. Open my eyes so that I can see your incomparable great power that works in me as I believe. My Lord Jesus, you sit at the right hand of the Father. You are far above all rulers and authority, all powers and dominion, and every other name 
that people bow down to. I submit my life to the Lordship of Jesus as head over everything. I offer you my worship, my loyalty, and my faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Give the Lord some praise. We're going to ask the altar team to come down at this time. At the very beginning, I talked about the unmerited favor of God in salvation. And I quoted a scripture, and it said that now is the time of God's favor. Go ahead, uh, team. Come on down. Now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. you're in this place and you have yet to accept Jesus as your Savior, you have yet to give Him control of your life, then I want you to come forward when I dismiss everybody. Come down to one of these two teams and get prayer and give your life to Jesus. Because now is the time of God's favor. Today is the day of salvation. Don't walk out of here going, "Eh, I think I'm okay. No, you're a lawbreaker. You're a lying, thieving, blasphemous adulterer. And if we're judged by that, we go to hell because God is righteous. But you don't even have to worry about that. You can get saved because Jesus paid your penalty. Everything that it was, all of the sin that's accounted to you, God accounted to him. If you say, I believe. So, if you want salvation, you come up and you talk to one of these two teams and they will lead you to the Lord. If you need healing in your body, because guess what? That's a part of the package. Come on down after service, okay? So, Father, we thank you for this day. God, we bless you. We seal this time. Bring the emotional healing team back safely. Give them a great finish to a great day. So much favor down there, God. So much healing, so much deliverance for so many who need you the most, God. We bless them again and bring them home safely. God, give us a beautiful day and teach us to turn up river and look at the favor of God that's coming to us. So we say we love you. God, our response today is worship. I love you, God. Thank you. I worship you. I'm sorry for complaining and depression and anxiety, anger. Sorry. Thank you for forgiving us and thank you for the new mercy. We receive it because you're our good daddy and we love you. In Jesus' name, everybody said.